What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, thank you for joining us here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. I am Miss Shannon. Happy to be hanging out with you as we move into, we're right, right here as we start hitting on 2023. So to help us just get some things locked down before we move on, my good friend, Mr. Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Hello, Phil. Good morning. Phil, I know you're smiling today. One, because you like hanging out with me. Two, because you like uh, giving a lot of great mortgage advice to all of our my talkers out there. Three, your Minnesota Vikings did like a miracle Whoa. yesterday. Unbelievable! Yes, good Unbelievable. for you. I know you're a big, you know, a, like a, a deep fan, just oh, like I'm our friend hard. Katie Canine is coming in next. I'm sure yeah. she's going to be the happiest in the world. So good for you, because it could have been a sad day. I'm, well, I'm I happy mean, on your behalf. Real, real quickly, I'll tell you a quick story. Mm-hmm. Watch the first half of the game. I was disgusted. Yeah. I was yeah. a little tired, so I figured I'll take a nap. Mm-hmm. This is this is not good. <laughs> I take a nap. I get off off with my nap, look at my phone, and I go, You gotta be kidding. <laughs> really? We won 39-36. You're like, I, I must see how this oh, happened. And, and guess what? I did have the game TiVo. So Wonderful. I watched the rest of it, and I was delighted. And you got to hang out with your boys and watch a triumphant, you know, history-making event. Oh, it was unbelievable. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I'm just really glad that uh, our Minnesota team made history for a good reason. Like the best comeback in the, and that's what my friends that are like fans were like, wow, because they were doing the math and going, this would have to be the the, historic comeback. And they did it. So congratulations. That's super awesome. I have no clue when that record will be beaten, but that's a tough one to beat. I, yes. Well, the way that it has to happen. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch your team get beat down like that. No. That was brutal. It was That brutal. was no fun. So watching you, should that I do my NMLS real quick? Yes. Could you please? Sure. NMLS 238-103, company NMLS 3029, cross-country mortgage. So we um, actually, on the previous show, we were talking about um, dispelling some, just some, some outdated methodologies about your finances. And one of the ones we were talking about was the percentage of your income that your housing should be. And so I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that we kind of you know talk to you about that as well because as a mortgage professional, you look at that number differently than a lot of people because there's certain things that people have to be able to um achieve in order to get their mortgage in the first place. So that number used to be what your housing was about like 30% of your overall income. Your 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 standard debt to income ratios are mm-hmm. like 31 front end 31 over 45. Okay. 31 over 43. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Yes. It means that 31% of your mortgage, principal, interest, taxes, insurance, to include association, to include flood insurance, to include hurricane insurance, whatever that happens to be, right? divided by your gross. Okay. So if your gross income is uh, $10,000 a year and you have no debt and your mortgage is $3,300 a month, you're at a 33% front end ratio. Okay. Now what's the back end? The back end is your credit cards, your student loans, your car loans. So they'd like to see that you don't have more than maybe 10 to 15% in in monthly debt. Right. In those specific areas. Right. And one of the things we also mentioned was that 
instead of going and buy a, per, a percentage, a lot of people are really counting on you as their mortgage professional to help them decide, well, it's not about the percentage. Sometimes it's about, can you afford this payment? Well, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I do, and you know, I tell people, I'm going to help build your mortgage backwards. Okay. All right. And and that's not, it's not when people come in, they, they always ask, well, what am I qualified for? Mm-hmm. What's the max I can go to? And my comeback is, what can you afford? Right. And when I have a husband and wife or a couple or just an individual sitting in my office, I, I ask the question, so, you know, have you thought about that? Tell me a little bit about yourself. What, what are the things that you like to do in life? Mm-hmm. What sacrifices are you willing to make? If you want to travel all the time, if you really enjoy eating out and fancy things, if you have a, you know, a shoe addiction, like whatever it is. Whatever it happens Mm -hmm. to be, you know, I I sit down with the client and I try to come up with a good game plan that will help them not only achieve home ownership, but at the same point in time, they're allowed to live their life. Right. Yeah, right, right. Because becoming a prisoner to the house is not good. Right. I remember when um, I was looking at my first house back in the day, it was a matter of people were, uh, that was when I first became familiar with the, the term house poor. Mm-hmm. It's all like, well, you could do this, but are you never going to do anything else? <laughs> because that's where it goes. And so it's a matter of priorities, I'm sure. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for some people, stretching a little bit is is not a bad thing. Right. All right. It just means that, you know, some of the things that you did before, you might just do a little bit less. Right. All right. And with the understanding that, hey, my income over the last four years with my employer has gone up two and a half, three and a half, four and a half percent annually. Right. You know, if that continues, then guess what? That mortgage became becomes less. Correct. In that next year, mm-hmm. in that following year. With the understanding, we, we have elevated rates right now. But, I mean, as of this week, I quoted six and a quarter on a 30-year fix. Okay. All right. And the rates since 1947, if you average interest rates on mortgages since that time. Yes. The average interest rate is 7.875%. So people have been living with these particular rates. Correct. And the the other problem is, is though, is we had interest rates that were between two and a half to 5% for 12 consecutive years, which never, ever happened in history. Matter of fact, mortgage interest rates never went below it is 5% until the year of 2000. Well, when we're talking about the market in general, um, and you've mentioned this before on, on previous shows, that it really is about Go, you know, not feeling like you missed out because you didn't get in when things were that just because you were coming in here looking like that's insane that the rate was this low sometimes. Yeah. Like you're like, it doesn't make any sense, but here's where we are. And so there probably is some remorse from people out there that they didn't get in at that one. But you were also making it sound like it was very difficult to get it. Like people who managed to close, it was a lot of disappointment for people who weren't getting the house that they wanted from had, your story. I had clients that literally wrote on 10, 15, 20 houses. Mm-hmm. Some of them never got a house. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of those, believe it or not, were first-time home buyers that literally got pushed out of the market. Now, mm-hmm. now, now tell me, I've got some good news. Good yes. news is first-time home buyers are back in the market now. That's wonderful. Now is the time to buy. Yes, rates are higher, but there's ways to make the rates lower. Right. All right. Um, couple quick statistics um, or things that have changed. Mm-hmm. 
your conventional loan limit now has gone up to seven hundred and twenty-six thousand two hundred. So you get a lot. That's a house and that's, a half. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of house. house. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? It's a conventional loan. That doesn't. That means you're not a jumbo loan. Right. That means you go by the qualifications of a conventional home loan, which makes it a lot easier on a consumer. Right. Um, median income or median purchase price for a house right now, Minneapolis. Three hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, that's the average. Mm-hmm. All right, housing prices. People t- tell me, well, we're going to wait for housing prices to drop. Okay, mm-hmm. housing prices this year to date up seventeen percent, but now have backed down mm-hmm. to about ten point one percent. Okay, what does that mean? That means they went up as much as seventeen percent over the course of the year. Now we've come back about seven percent. Okay. For a consumer to net a 10% equity increase in their home. Phenomenal. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Right. And so when people are going, I'm still leery, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. What you generally seem to say is you're not going to be able to outweigh or time it so that you get just the perfect opportunity and that things aren't going to be so... That people are waiting for this gigantic crash that they'll be able to maximize off of. And you seem to think that, or you've advised, that this gigantic crash does not seem to be in the cards. It's not in the cards at all. And and if you talk to any invest or financial planner out there, they'll tell you to start depositing money into your 401k as soon as your employer will offer you that plan. Right. Now, are you thinking about the market at that time? And are you going, well, the market is down. The market's down 5,000 points. I'm going to wait to get into the market. Right. Right. You're still doing better than you sitting there holding it. Right. Mm -hmm. You're better off getting into the market sooner rather than later because you're going to make your money on a home investment over time. Right. It's not something short unless you're going to buy a house and flip it right then you better know your business because then you could lose money in that doing doing that as well Mm -hmm. so if you're just trying to do you know slow and steady wins the race this is one of the most um the best returns you can get while being in this kind of race it outpaces the stock market the bond market you can invest all your money in the stock market and the bond market and then invest in home real estate and you'll find out that 90% of billionaires and millionaires have made their money in real estate. Right. Well, speaking of, you do have a story that you want to tell about uh, a, a recent millionaire that's actually in your circle. Also give some uh, other advice on how you can get into investment properties when we return. Right, Phil? Absolutely. You can also be part of the show. We encourage you to go ahead and get your question into the room. Get your voice heard. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show with my friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Here with my friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Also open to taking your phone calls. You can call us at 651 641 1071. That's really cool that you get to hang out with millionaires, Phil. That's cool. Every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then. So yeah. this is a new millionaire that um, actually got there with some help uh, from you. Well, I mean, I, I have one millionaire story, which we talked about last week, and mm-hmm. that's that's a gentleman that at the start, I believe about age 30, now is 42, has accumulated almost $16 million in investment properties right. over a period of, what, 14, 16 years, mm-hmm. all right? So, great story here for you. I have a veteran, all right? And 
when people think of investment properties, they claim, they go, well, you can't buy an investment property with a VA loan. Right. Well, yeah, you can. Okay. But you have to live in it. Ah, That's okay. the key. So here, this gentleman bought a $600,000 triplex here in the Minneapolis area. Yes. Built 140 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we get the appraisal back, and the appraiser's called the foundation. Okay. And it, to be honest with you, didn't look great. Okay. Didn't look great. It was a stone foundation. Mm-hmm. Stuff um, happens when you're yeah. looking at a property that old. So yeah. so we're going, so how, how do we get this across the finish line? Mm-hmm. I immediately contact the listing agent and the buyer's agent, and I go, here's how we get across the finish line on this. We get a structural engineering report. Okay. Which we were able to get in three days. Mm-hmm. The engineering report came back basically say, stating that the foundation was fine, health and safety, but there were three fixes that he re- required that was done on, on the foundation. Okay. I'm going, hold one here. This is winter. We need cement. Cement's mm-hmm. not going to cure very well in right. winter. I then go to my... VP of operations and my underwriting manager. And I go, if I can get a document from the structural engineer that says the work can wait until spring. That is not so detrimental that the it's house is detri- unlivable. No, is what you mean? Okay. Correct. Okay. In other words, it's not going to fall down. Yes. All right. Or sink. Can we get an escrow hold back? Now, okay. I don't know if we, you and I have ever even talked about no, this. No, I've heard, uh, we've talked about escrow in general, but we haven't talked about this particular functionality. Basically, we then got a quote as to what it would fix to fix the basement. Mm-hmm. It was small. It was okay. only four thousand dollars. Oh, well, okay. cement is cheap. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we hold back one and a half times the seller's proceeds. Okay. So in other words, this house was free and clear. She was going to walk away with well over almost six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We hold back six thousand dollars. We got an escrow holdback approved. Okay. And oh, by the way. With all this going on with this property, we still closed on time. And here we have a veteran now that owns a triplex, is going to live in one side, mm-hmm. is cash flowing the five, other two. on the other two, $500 a month. And guess what this veteran's goal is, is to become a mega investor. I love that. Over time. Mm-hmm. There's there's a great story where, Absolutely. where you as somebody... Wanting to get into the investment world. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, he put zero down. Oh, really? Oh, because Holy of the, cow. That's insane. That's he bought wonderful. A, he bought a $620,000 house, zero down. Right. And it's a matter of being open to asking the question and going, I could do this. Because you just have to connect with someone like you that can go, let me figure out how to get you there. And I and I know that there's a lot of people out there because we've talked about what keeps people from trying, you know, or I talk to people in my circle and why they haven't tried. And it's a lot of times because they haven't been able to connect with the right person to go, if you really want to get this done, here's the path. And it may be you got to you got to answer a bunch of questions. You got to do maybe you got to tighten your belt a little bit. There might be things you have to do. Yeah. But at least you know what this path is. Well, and then you uh, can decide whether you want to follow it or not. I can't tell you the number of people that'll call me and they'll they'll say, Phil, my loan was denied. And mm-hmm. I go, I go, why? Well, they really didn't explain it to me. Mm-hmm. Or I'll I'll talk to a client and they go, 
um, they they told me they couldn't help me. And I go, well, did they give you a plan? Right. No, they just said we can't, can't help do you. It. We can't mm-hmm. do it. There's the difference between me and them. Absolutely. I'm going to sit down with you. I'm going to put together a game plan, and it'll be a realistic game plan. Then it really comes down to the consumer. Yes. To be motivated enough. Right. What's your goal? What's your goal? Yeah. If if your goal is to do this, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you. All right. Another great story. Another investment property. Here's a duplex. Mm-hmm. Client calls me. He's already talked with another lender. And they wanted a second opinion. The other lender said you have to put 20% down. Their credit score was 689. They quoted 6.625%. Okay. Not a pretty good rate. Yes. All right. With what for, we're talking right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for, for a duplex. All right. Well, I found out my buyer's a first-time home buyer. I found out that he qualifies for the Home Possible program with 3% down. Okay. 3%, not 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I helped negotiate a 2-1 buy-down. And remind me what that is again. 2-1 buy-down. We get the seller to pay 2.1, 2.2% in seller paid. Yes. We then put that into an escrow account. Basically, it becomes a rebate to the buyer. And instead of being at 6.625, they'd be at at 4.625. Which is extra amazing based yeah, upon what we in the we first year. Mm-hmm. In the first year. Mm-hmm. In the second year, they're 5.625. But guess what? It gets better. I worked on his credit. Okay. I improved his credit score by 54 points in a period of three weeks. He had to take a first-time home buyer class. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't hurt anybody. No. I this was I'd bought it's a house before. Hours. Right. I'd bought a house before and still had to take it again this time. Totally fine with that. His new rate with me, duplex, six and a quarter percent. And I saved him a hundred and sixty five dollars a month. That's wonderful. And oh by the way, he decided to put five percent down versus three. Mm-hmm. But the minimum he had to put down was three versus the other lender that told him he had to put down twenty percent. Right. So there's two great stories regarding if you want to get into the investment world, there are products out there that can help the consumer. Right. And it does help a lot if you are willing to be that person that I live in it for a while. I do this, you know, and and take a metered uh, 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 follow these steps. You know, it's a uh, you maybe you didn't go out and buy 16 properties all at one time, but Hey, I'll tell you from experience, it helps a lot to be able to sit there and go, I need to get used to owning these investment properties and what I, do you do and building your team and who do you call if this happens and what are you about to do on here? Um, I'm all for figuring it out and building your support system. One of the, the keys that I will tell first-time home investors is that they should be able to keep their thumb on mm-hmm. the property. Mm-hmm. That means you need to live close to it. Right. You right. should be driving by your property every two weeks. Right. And, I mean, if you if you keep your thumb on the property, your chances of success dramatically right. go up. Right. Well, speaking of success, when we get back, we're going to cover those 11 keys to buying investment homes. We're also open to taking your calls. You can call us at 651-641-1071. Be right back with my friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. 
Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Our good friend uh, from Cross Country Mortgage, Mr. Phil Olson, is with us. Phil, let's give out your phone number right now. We'll remember to do it again at the end of the show as well. Give me a call at 651-238-6748, or you can email me at phil at com. He, he will get back to you right away, because there's no point in you just chewing on questions. You might as well just go ahead and get started, even if you think you're one of those people that, well, I think I'm going to be ready in two years. Don't put off calling. Call now, and then Phil might go, well, you're actually ready in six months. You know? I've, had, I've had people, they've come in thinking they're a year and a half out because they've had some maybe some credit issues or some finance issues and they meet with me and I go you're ready right now exactly and they go really and I go yeah mm-hmm. here's how we do it right now right. now just because I'm telling you I'm ready to help you mm-hmm. you may I'm, not be I'm, ready I'm, I'm on your I'm on your time frame right okay mm-hmm. you tell me when it's right right because it is also a matter of where is your bandwidth, especially when we're talking about what we're doing today about investment properties and where you're 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 willing to do? And that's the other thing I think is really great about working with you is that I can go, OK, here's my timeline because of X. Here's mm-hmm. the other things I have going on in my life and the subtext of why I don't want to take on another property today. But I know I need to do the proper things so that when I get my house in order, mm-hmm in a year and a half or whatever that number is that I haven't derailed my overall goal of getting another investment property or doing something like that. So it is a value to have someone like you that you can go, well, here's, I constantly have my thumb on the pulse of this thing. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what can derail you over the la- the next 12 months. If you're saying in a year you want to buy another house, don't do this. You know, like stay here, do that. Yeah, you know, that is very guess, valuable. Guess what? Hmm. If if you're a first-time home buyer and you've never owned a home, your first property is an investment property. Very true. Very it true. is. Mm-hmm. It is an investment. Right. It's an investment for life. Now, does that mean you're going to buy more properties? Not necessarily. Right. Does it mean more than likely you'll sell your house that you bought and buy another one? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the the things that I'm going to convey here, some of these tips can actually be applied to even a first time home buyer as right. well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, eleven keys to buying an investment property. First off, I highly recommend Mimi. Yes. But you've got to have a good real estate. A person representing you that understands investment property. Absolutely. All Mm -hmm. right. They should understand what a profit and loss is. They should understand what the rents are Mm -hmm. in a specific area. They should understand and and be telling you, hey, this neighborhood is on the up upswing. Hey, this neighborhood, take check it out. The numbers are declining in this area. Right. All right. Is it close to public transportation. Those are the things that a realtor is going to bring to bring to the table. Plus, they need to be a really good negotiator. Right, right. Consider the additional costs. Mm-hmm. If you're going to buy an investment property, you want to have an accountant. Yes. You want to have people in the maintenance field mm-hmm. unless you're really good at that. Really good at it. You better have a good lawyer mm-hmm. who can draft up Minnesota law, rental, lease agreements, Mm -hmm. understand what it takes in order to evict 
somebody. Yes. You've been through that. I've been through okay. that, unfortunately. Yeah. If you try to do it on your own. You get I will t- It's I, really. Yeah. I will tell you right now, if you try to do your legal documents on your own or represent you on your own, chances are you're not going to meet the Minnesota laws and your case will be thrown out. And it'll just drag on. Mm-hmm. Establish an LLC. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy a property. You want to put it into an LLC. You want to do it as quickly as possible. Yes, you're going to finance this on your your name and your money, but you're going to buy it and then you move it into an LLC. Right. Because if anything goes wrong in this property, let's say your renter falls on the stairs and they determined that the stairs weren't up to code and they die. Yes. Guess what? All your personal wealth, mm-hmm. because you didn't put it into an LLC, didn't protect you. Those services cost money. That's right. why. That's why, as an investor, we take our profit and we don't spend our profit. No. You, you take, reinvest it into you, your business. Well, you mm-hmm. reinvest it into the business and you have to maybe pull out 20, 25, 30% of that profit. And you need to put that into an accounting maintenance legal account mm-hmm. and it needs to build. Right. Location, location, location. I right. can say it a thousand times. Uh, an example I have a client bought a quad. Mm hmm. By William Mitchell College. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He rents it out to four professors. Right. And he's killing it. Yeah. Great location. That's stable what you, clientele. Yep. Stable clientele. Mm-hmm. High net worth. They're going to pay their rent on time. Right. All right. You know, do you have cash reserves? What are cash reserves? If it's going to take me 20% or 25% to put down, um, do I have other money left over right you you need to have money left over you should have at least six to 12 months of rental income mm-hmm. on the side all right because things happen mm-hmm. things do happen right and what happens if if you put all your money into this property and something happens right away mm-hmm. guess what it's it's on you right uh fall in love with the numbers <laughs> folks I could care less how good looking the property is. Right. It's got to be based on good financial math. Mm-hmm. What are the rents in the area? What What is the appreciation rates? What are the costs to curing the property? Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm going to buy a property and I haven't had a good home inspection and I walk through it and I know nothing about the trades. And guess what? I know of a client that did this. Yes. They lost $100,000. Ooh, that's a lot. Yes, they lost $100,000. So fall in love with the numbers. Understand your property. All right. There is nothing wrong with a home that needs a little TLC. Right. What's wrong? There's nothing wrong with that. If you can do the work and you can make more equity in your property, that's why when you're looking at an investment, you're looking at the financial numbers and guess what you have to in your numbers you have to build in what are the costs for me to bring this up to speed right but as you bring it up to speed what what are you creating 
equity. Yes. You're creating equity. So you have to put some pain with, in there. Which you've, you've done do, yeah. with your property. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Be sure you can afford the property based on a 50% vacancy rate. Gotcha. Oh. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to get into a triplex and I lose a renter. Are you good? Are, are you can good? Can you still make that are, payment? Can you yeah. still make that payment? Mm-hmm. All right. Work with the mortgage expert. And that for an ex- that example, because that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, I can still do this. It's all good. Then I you're didn't good. have to. Yeah, I didn't have to go. Well, I'm I'm backed up because something's better than nothing. It's like, nope. This I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm not tooting my horn, but you need to work with a mortgage expert that oh, yeah. understands this stuff inside and out and understands the numbers. Definitely, because you're looking for that individual to help you, especially if you're a first time investor. There are so many things to think about that I will bring to the table, mm-hmm. and I will ask questions or I will cause them to. Th- Think. Right. Which is good. Yeah. And it also circles back to our first, our number one, when you said meeting with somebody like Mimi. Yeah. Because it's the same thing. Like, you both asking me questions like, did you think this through? And I'm like, yes. And then actually reminding me again as we got closer to the actual closing day, like, now I'm going to bring this up again, mm-hmm. you know, because you guys care and you want to make sure that we know where we're going. I'm like, yep, I already got this. I got this plan. I already did that. I already thought about this. Here's where I'm going to handle it. And I, that's it, it. As far as the peace of mind of going into a deal with the most information to make a wise decision, it really does help to have a right, the right team. I have had clients call me. They're saying, this is the property I'm thinking of. What do you think, Phil? And I've literally told people walk, mm-hmm. walk. Mm-hmm. And they'll ask me why. Now, am I saying that right off the cuff? No, I'm going to do some research. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'll tell them, here are my reasons why, if you were asking me to buy this property, I'm going to tell you why I won't buy it. Fair enough. All right? Mm -hmm. All right. Consider talking to a tax accountant. Mm -hmm. You need to understand the positives of being an investor. What are the negatives? Now, one of the big positives of being an investor is called depreciation. Right. You are able to depreciate that property. You're also able to write off mileage, your your expenses, all those kinds of things. And guess what? By doing so, that makes you more profitable. Right. Speak with a lawyer regarding being a landlord and eviction rules. Mm-hmm. You need to understand them. You just can't boot somebody out. No. Here's the other thing. You've got a renter. You've got a lease agreement. The lease agreement's good for another nine months. Can I put my house up for sale tomorrow? No, you're mm-hmm. in a lease agreement. Now, if you're able to talk to that to that renter and go, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, by the way, I'll pay you something on the side or, you know, that's mm-hmm. completely legal to vacate the property early, mm-hmm. you can do that. Or you have to make sure that whoever is buying the house is cool with whatever you have to transfer. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, Minneapolis and St. Paul. I'm speaking specifically those two areas, but I'll talk about the whole metro. You need to understand what your county and city rules or guidelines are right. to be in a landlord. And there are some tougher cities. An example is Minneapolis. They have what's called a TISH. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a TISH report is? No. It's basically an inspection, home inspection report that Mm -hmm. the city of Minneapolis is going to require that in order for you to sell this property, 
you have to bring it up to speed in these specific areas. Okay. Okay. And it's called a TISH report. Yeah. And I mean, over where I'm at, you do have to have, you know, annual inspections and make sure that everything's up to a certain, and they stay on that. And so you, you know, you need to get prepared for, did I send in and get my rental license? Am I doing all these things? So it's not untenable, but you just have to keep in mind that there's going to be a list of things that you got to do. Um, you know, here's what I'll tell you. I, I've I've bought a lot of investment properties, and mm-hmm. I can thank the good Lord that of all the properties I've bought, and I've only lost money on two. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I bought eight. Okay. So I've been successful on six, but I've more than covered my loss on the first two. That's and, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and the loss on one of them was really only about $3,000 overall. Okay. So I would call that Pretty small. much a win, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I became an investor the first time around i did these things yes because i'd seen all the mistakes that other people had made Mm -hmm. and because i was in the mortgage world at that time i had contacts and i started meeting with them and literally i put together my myself a quasi business plan right and that's really how i got started right getting into investment property acquisition. Right. Well, when we get back, we're going to give you some more information on how you can get into the investment property business. We're also open to taking your calls. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Here with our friend from Cross Country Mortgage, Mr. Phil Olson. We've been talking about investment properties and encouraging you to be part of the show. The number 651-641-1071. Just like Claudia. Claudia, thank you so much for being part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Claudia, what? Oh, we lost Claudia. Oh, Claudia, feel free to call us back. We'd love to get your question into the room. In the meantime, while Claudia is getting back on the line, we're going to continue our conversation about investment properties. And so, Phil, you had some other tips, you know, and, and why this is accessible for people out there. All right. I've, I've mentioned it once, but I'm going to tell you again. Keep your fingers, especially first-time first time investors, keep your finger on the property. Mm-hmm. I have seen people that have bought properties in other states One, you're going to have to get a property management company to take care of it. Two, is the property management company any good? Yes. How are you going to quantify if this company is any good? Right. I recommend if you're within 30 miles of your investment property, you're driving by this property every 30 days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just drive by. Yep. Things you, can change quickly. Guess what? You can you can tell from the outside of your property how it might be maintained inside. Mm-hmm. Next, in your lease agreement, draft it into the lease agreement that you have the ability to give a notice mm-hmm. of visit. Yes. Notice of visit every six months. Yes. Just come check everything out. And walk through the whole property. Now, you have to coordinate that. With you have your to renter. give a minimum, uh, you know, there's a, there, I mean, and there might be in your neighbor, in your area, specific amounts of debt, uh, of, of notification you have Correct. to give. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. But that you have to do. Right. Last but not least, if you're going to get into the investment world and you're clumsy and every nail you put in, you hit your thumb. You need to hire somebody. You need to have a pool of people Mm -hmm. around you. Uh, You should have a handyman. You should have a carpenter. Mm -hmm. You should have carpet people, plumbing, heating. Electric. Electric, Mm -hmm. all right. 
unless you have the ability to do any of those things. And I'm very handy, but my ex is a plumber, so I don't, I'm like, I don't do plumbing, I don't do electrical, I don't do anything that makes me on a ladder higher than six feet. I just put a fine line out there and said, here's what I don't do. Um, and so with this, Phil, uh, Claudia is back on the line. Awesome. Claudia, thank you for calling back. Claudia, are you ready with your question for Phil regarding investment properties? I am. Go right ahead, Claudia. Morning, Claudia. Good morning. So um, I retired last year. My husband is retiring this year. And um, my father-in-law is going to, my elderly father-in-law has willed the house to the four kids. Three of them don't want it. My husband and I are interested. My question is, I'm thinking that it will be a wash, maybe an investment property, um, because of those factors. If you're not going to live in the property, it, it's it's possible it could be designated as a second home, maybe. More than likely, though, if you already own a primary residence and you're not going to live in this property, it would be designated, it would be considered an investment property. Well, and we are in Wisconsin. I should have mentioned that. That's fine. I'm licensed in Wisconsin. So what are you, what, what are you, are you well, going to have the property transferred into your name? Well, we would buy out the other three kits. Gotcha. Okay. So, so what, is that a sound investment, do you think? I mean, I know it's a good house. It's a solid house. Not a rough, new, new siding, brand new windows, so on and so forth. Where is it located, if I may ask? It's located in Siren, Wisconsin, on a beautiful lake. Okay. Then I would probably tell you, uh, check into its rents in the Siren, Wisconsin area to kind of determine what that would look like. And make sure that you can rent it that way. And make mm -hmm. sure you can rent it. But yes, um, that sounds like a, a great thing, especially dependent on what you're able to get it for. You know, you might be able to buy this property uh, to buy out the other three at a cheaper price. And if you're able to do that and you have lots of equity in the home afterwards, then guess what? More than likely, your cash flow possibilities are probably very, very, very big. Great. That's what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> I love it when you give good news. I would, I would be glad to take a look at the property. Give me a call Monday. All right. I can look it up on MLS or I can look it up online. And then you and I can talk as to what do you think this purchase contract would look like with the siblings. And then I can run numbers based off of that for you and determine what I think fair rents would be. And then ultimately uh, see if those numbers work for you. Perfect. That would be great. Awesome. Wonderful. Thanks very much for calling, Claudia. Good luck on that whole process. So, Phil, in the next, uh, in the final two minutes of the show, we want to make sure that we wrap up. And uh, don't worry, we'll remind everybody how to get a hold of you out there and mm -hmm. about during the week. But as we are wrapping up this conversation about investment properties, when you're first having the conversation with somebody about what's holding you back, how do you can uh, help convince people that they can jump into this this realm of being the owner of an investment property? I think it, it starts off with a conversation and that conversation really starts. Where are you at financially here right. today? Mm -hmm. Okay. Once I'm able to basically uncover what your finances are, what your income is, what you're qualified for, 
And at that point in time, then it comes down to, you know, we need to think about emergency issues. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you have the ability to overcome that? Right. All right. Then it just comes down to, you know, do you want to do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and are you motivated to do it the right way? Because if you go online, you can you can see tons and tons of stories where people have failed. Yes. I'll tell you the main reason that people fail. They buy, they become emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. You throw emotions out the window. This is a business decision. Right. All right. That's when I say I could care less how pretty the property is. Mm-hmm. Is it a good business decision? Right. Then do the numbers work? Is it in the right area? Is is will my my rental rental charge be supported? Right. In that specific area. Okay. And if if we can click the boxes all yes then then it's a good it's a good decision for you i love that you just shared that information so let's remind everybody how they can get a hold of you during the week 651-238-6748 or you can email me at phil at call philolson.com everyone enjoy the rest of your holiday season we'll be back with live shows as we get into 2023 in the meantime listen to this episode and previous episodes by going to mytalk1071.com keyword red hot happy holidays folks